Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dime with Amy Irvine. Every week, it's my goal to share a topic that takes you on a journey through the life and development of what I like to call the financial vineyard. We take you from the roots of the topic to the journey of their vines and the influences of the air that have helped craft their delicious lives. Like wine, life and finances have different palates that should be celebrated and not judged. This week, we are going to be diving into two very different topics, but I thought important. One is a mailbag question that came in about, should I invest in cryptocurrency? And based on what has been going on over the past week and month in the cryptocurrency land, I thought it was a great topic to bring up today right up front. Well, let's take a step back and say, what is cryptocurrency? I actually looked up in the Oxford Dictionary the two words crypto and currency. So what? here's what it says. Crypto, it's, an, um, it's from the Greek word hidden. Okay, that makes sense, right? Crypto. So crypto stands for hidden. Currency is a system of money in general use in a popular, I'm sorry, in a particular country. So let me reread that. Currency, a system of money in general use in a particular country. So general use is something that I really want to underline, bold, capitalize, because I'm not so sure that cryptocurrency as we know it actually meets that definition. Again, looking to Oxford Dictionary, cryptocurrency, the exact definition that's listed is a digital currency in which encryption techniques are used to regulate the generation of its units of currency and verify the transfer of funds operating independently of a central bank. Does that put it into general use? It's a question I'd like you to ponder. So let's move on to the question of the week. Are you investing in cryptocurrency? The second question that came along with that is, should I invest in cryptocurrency? To answer that first question, no, I am not personally investing or putting our clients' funds at this point in time in cryptocurrency. As of the date of this recording, uh, May 19th, that is my answer. The reason is because of the enormous volatility of the investment. As a general rule, people hire us to help them reduce volatility. That is why we talk so much about asset allocation and diversification. A big part of our behind the scenes process is to look at various combination of asset classes and try to reduce risk, also known as standard deviation, if you've listened to some of the other podcasts. 
We don't feel this is an asset class that meets those guidelines yet. And we still consider it a very speculative investment. Back in February, I wrote a blog topic about this for our weekly newsletter. It was around the time that Elon Musk announced that Tesla would accept Bitcoin, one of the cryptocurrencies, as payment, a decision he would change on May 12th when Tesla suspended this decision, citing environmental concerns over the mining process. A link to the blog that explains this will be in the show notes. But it was interesting to see that just a few months later, that you know decision was reversed. As of this recording, May 19th, Bitcoin, one of, again, the major cryptocurrencies, is down 38% from its all-time high. And just yesterday, fell 13% in one day. On that same day, May 18th, according to CNBC, three Chinese banks came out and said, that the payment uh, industry bodies issued a statement warning financial institutions not to conduct virtual currency related businesses. That's a pretty darn big deal considering China is the world's largest economy followed by the US and then the European Union. The bottom line is no one knows what any cryptocurrency should actually be worth, which is why I have a hard time saying that it's currency part of the name because what's the actual value and is it in general use? What can you buy with cryptocurrency? Who accepts cryptocurrency? Not to mention that if you do want to use it, it can take up to two months to actually convert in cash. We had a situation recently. It wasn't our client that actually held the cryptocurrency, but they were selling some property and the buyers had to redeem some of their cryptocurrency holding to come up with a down payment. And it it actually delayed the closing because it hadn't settled yet and hadn't actually converted to cash. So we saw how that affected, they almost lost the house because the seller, our client was getting impatient. It is also important to mention that there are there's a, a major lack of regulation around this investment, which is what attracts some investors, I guess you want to say, but that adds to the volatility and the speculation of the value of the position. So then the next question is, should I invest in cryptocurrency? So not me personally, but should the the buyer or the um, person that sent in the question invest in cryptocurrency? As with any investment, we encourage you to do your homework, of course. Ask yourself, how does this fit into your long-term plan and goals? Why, you know, why do you want to put it in your portfolio? And can I afford to lose the money? So how does it fit into long-term plan and goals? And can I afford to lose the money? Understand that we don't know the entity behind the biggest cryptocurrency, Bitcoin. It's unknown. And one of the currencies was actually created as a joke, Deutschcoin. It was created by two individuals, Jackson Palmer and Bill Marcus. I recently um, did a little bit more research on this because we've been getting so many more questions. And I really think that if you are the type of person who wants to speculate and you can afford to lose the money and uh, it's something that you do sort of as a, a fun little, you know, side hustle. You can you can investigate this, but I still go at it to just remind you that I'm not sure that the currency part is actually truly going to meet the definition of general use. 
Um, and, and if it's truly going to be a system of money, remember that when you sell some of this to use it for a purchase, it actually creates a taxable transa- transaction. Unlike like the US dollar, if you hold the US dollar and you go to purchase something, it doesn't create a taxable transaction for you in the sense of capital gains. You just use the money. Uh, whereas when you're using some of those cryptocurrency, it actually does create some capital gains, whether it's short term or long term. So thank you for sending the question in. We hope that that's giving you some guidance on that particular topic. And certainly if you want more clarification, feel free to reach out and we'll try to do a future podcast with additional information. I want to switch gears uh, almost a 360 on this one and talk a little bit about retirement and medical costs and retirement and care costs and retirement. I recently bought a book by Carolyn Rosenblatt and I think it's Dr. McColl. I think that's how it said Davis. It's called Hidden Truths About Retirement and Long-Term Care. It's sold as a general guide for financial advisors, but I would recommend it for anyone encroaching retirement, to be honest. One of the things that I liked best about the book is a sample script language that was provided, not so much for myself as you know, many of the items that were in the book, we already incorporate a, a fair number of them. But honestly, for many of my ex-gen clients, which is the majority of the clients that I work with, um, th- this is a great tool to use potentially to talk with your parents about um, long-term care and medical costs in retirement. When, when we plan insurance costs uh, in retirement plans, we're estimating premiums, um, like I guess we're estimating the cost that includes premiums and out-of-pocket costs. This requires that we do some deep diving into possible genetic, prescription, and ongoing chronic conditions, more from the standpoint of not trying to be medical professions, obviously, but just to kind of put together a worst case scenario and try to minimize the maximum out-of-pocket costs that are associated with some of those for our clients. Included in that analysis needs to be the cost of Medicare premiums and how your income after age 65 will affect those premiums. I'm talking about something called IRMA, which stands for Income-Related Monthly Adjustment Amounts to your Part B and Part D Medicare premiums. If that doesn't currently affect you because you're under the age of 65, you'll still want to listen to this because it's definitely going to affect your parents and grandparents. Let me do a quick recap on Medicare in general. There's Part A, which is hospitalization coverage, Part B, which is doctor and diagnosis uh, coverage, Part D, which is scripts, and then something called Part C, which is Medicare Advantage, which is a combination of A and B and sometimes D. It is offered through a private provider like uh, United Healthcare, Humira, um, Blue Cross Blue Shield, that kind of thing. The premiums for this is the same as Part D or combo of Part D, B, and D. Then there's also what's called Medicap, which is a supplemental. This this gets combined with traditional Medicare A and B as a supplement. You still have to um, you have to keep your traditional Medicare. Uh, A and B, pay the Part B premium, and then pay on top of this, this supplemental coverage. And don't forget, you have to keep your separate Part B plan coverage. IRMA is based on modified adjusted gross income. So you have to take that into consideration. And the income levels are posted each year on the Medicare website 
Uh, and for 2021, they start at 88,000 for single and married filing separately, and then 176 for married filing jointly. So if you're under those income levels, your premium for 2021 is 148.50. Then it goes to the next tier at 207.90. The next tier is 297. The third tier is 386.10. The fourth tier is 475. And the fifth tier is 504. Now that's the part B. Um, premiums and the Irma that goes along with it. If you're over $500,000 for single, uh, $412,000 married, filing separate and 750, you're in that top fifth tier and your premium is 504, 90 per month for that Part B premium with Irma. So taking those into consideration when we're looking at distribution planning is pretty important. Another big cost we consider when we're doing retirement planning care costs is uh, long-term care and just general care. Um, it Long-term care is part of it, but general care costs also need to be considered. And in my opinion, care costs kind of come in in three stages. First, there's a maintenance care cost. Then there would be a moderate assistance care cost. So you're having somebody come in and help on a moderate level. Then there's full onset long-term care costs. Uh, costs. And we ask clients how they envision this transition. Do they want to stay in their current home? And what things do we need to be doing to transition the home to allow for that? Um, do they want to transition to a continuing care facility? Do they want to shift as they need to? Are they committed to that? Um, you know, sometimes people say, oh, I, you know, I think I'll move into a, um, 55 plus or uh, an active lifestyle that can that transitions as care is needed. Uh, but that the, the definition of when is it needed can sometimes be very different in everybody's head. So we try to sort of nail that down as to what point in time would transitions happen. Do they have and or want family members to assist with their care? Um, what are the costs associated with that? Because if a family member has to take time off from work, that affects their income as well. This is one of the most significant costs in retirement planning. We talk to folks about transitioning the risk, um, planning for self-funding or a combination of that. And every client, of course, is very different. Some will select traditional long-term care plans and that they could have return of premium options on there or they might not. Um, where some go with a life insurance policy that have long-term care riders and um, you know feel better about that because if they don't use it for long-term care, then the beneficiary gets it. And some say, you know what, I'm going to put a chunk of money aside and try to prep plan for myself, you know, like pay for my own long-term care without any transference of risk. There are so many options out there to consider. And just like any investment of your resources, it's best to take the time to explore those choices and really decide what is best for you and your family. And one of the reasons why we wanted to bring this up this particular month is because as we're talking about uh, insurance and protection needs. This is a big one in anybody's financial plan, especially as they get closer to retirement and as we age. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast and uh, some of the information that came out of it. 
if you would like to be a guest on the show or you have a particular topic that you'd like us to dig into a little bit more, please feel free to reach out to us. We'll have some contact information in the show notes. Please feel free to share this podcast if you found the information helpful. And don't forget to hop on over and rate us in iTunes. The more people that rate us, the more uh, people notice that we're out there providing this information. We hope you have a wonderful week. And I forgot at the very opening of the show to mention that Brent and I are going to map out a uh, list of wineries that we're going to explore this summer. And we'll be sharing with you some new ones that we come across. So stay tuned uh, for the wine side of Wine and Dime as we explore some new uh new and old new and and favorites uh wineries in the finger lakes area for the summer again we hope you have a great week and thank you so much for listening and that will about do it for today's episode of wine and dime you can contact amy through the website www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com you can also follow us on facebook and instagram at Rooted PG for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.